Another night, another lighting of the wick. The flame behind me casts shadows on the glass, and I catch my dark reflection in the window. The light illusions emphasize the years on my face. Old maid was never a sure destiny, but it is my current reality. Like my mother, I was never considered a conventional beauty, but in moments like this I wonder if I'd ever been beautiful. I never wanted to marry without love. My parents had, like most, a marriage of values and labor. My mother, Margaret, was the youngest of eight children. Her parents didn't have much to offer by the time a suitor came along. My father was a transplant from New York, having been assigned to the Passamaquoddy Lighthouse the year before they wed. Both were children of Irish immigrants. They balanced the scales of optimism and pragmatism in their early years together. Mother ran the house, and father, the light. Even then, he liked the drink, but no more than any other Irishman in Passamaquoddy. Yes, mother was not beautiful, but when excitement or passion would well up in her spirit, she was the most dazzling presence in a room. When we were alone, she loved to tell me stories, the miracles of the saints, parables, and Celtic folktales. She was the one who blessed me with imagination. With my father, however, my mother was precisely the wife she was raised to be. Ever the easier, softer way with him. Obedient. Maybe she believed the more penitent she was, the gentler the world would be on her. Life was the waves, and she was the sand. God keeps you. You need never be afraid. Be the earth. Be the rocks. Let the difficulties wash over you, Nora. Mother was sickly from the moment she entered this world. Her constitution was never strong. After we both barely survived my passage into this life, she and my father did not try for more children. I think he was afraid of having to raise a child, especially a newborn, without her. So, when she passed, my father lost his mind. I was only thirteen. For the last twenty years, Lampy has been a broken man who refuses to break entirely. His sanity and body are in a race for which one can fail faster. The drink was killing him for many years, but at this point, I think it's the only thing that's keeping him alive. This last year, I've often called on Mother's resilience and faith. I can't go to pieces with the loss, no. Absence, not loss. Absence of Paul. I should be grateful I ever felt that type of love and admiration. Most women never do. My childhood friend Diana has a fine husband, but I've never felt envious of her marriage. After she wed, Diana moved to New Haven. A decade later, she has six children and a sprawling estate to manage. The last time I saw her, Life was still as it should be. Diana was in Passamaquoddy on her annual family visit, and Paul was at sea, having embarked for Cape Hatteras only days before. Leaving her brood at her parents' home, Diana and I can walk along the cliffside of the lighthouse property undisturbed. Oh, Nora, croup ran through our house like wildfire this past spring. I thought I would die from fear and exhaustion. If it wasn't for the tireless nursing by our housemaid Lucy, I'm certain I would have. 
Every night, my husband slept as if nothing was the matter, while I cried myself into unconsciousness. I couldn't quiet my fear-mongering imagination, ruminating all the morbid possibilities over and over again. If God loves babies, why must he tease them with death so often? I suppose it makes a mother's love and gratitude stronger? I don't need an illness to feel love for my children. I know, Diana. When you have children, you'll understand. Running a lighthouse is far more predictable. Diana meant well. Truth was, we had been out of sync ever since her engagement. But it used to feel as if we were one soul. Diana was my first Anamkara. Strange how life's journey can divide even the deepest of soulmates. Perhaps we have one for every phase of our lives. Diana and I were always playmates, but she became my refuge in the wake of my mother's death. Her home was all I had. In his grief, Lambie could only attend to his lighthouse and his whiskey. Diana's family fed me, kept me clean, and ensured I remain in school. As I began to take over the lighthouse work, she provided my escape between sunrise and sunset. We'd play in the fields near her house and the caves near mine. Together, we'd traveled into fantasy worlds. You are my queen, Nora, the queen of the sea. The sea's an awfully big queendom to take care of alone. Join me and we'll rule it together. Yes, I shall be your king, Nora. You inspire me to slay all the dragons who dare come into our waterlands. I'll protect you. Diana, my first soul love, knew my soul's greatest needs. Her enthusiasm for my very existence made me feel special, loved, right. In one another's imagination, we'd cast spells, fight monsters, and fly to other countries. We'd huddle together on rocks, pretending to be shipwrecked, and kiss one another when playing king and queen of the sea. I would never have had the capacity to love another person if I hadn't been loved by Diana. But even the most vivid creative minds are yoked by duty in Passamaquoddy. After we finished school, Diana's family cloistered her into courting rituals and social obligations. Every failed attempt at securing a bow was my secret victory. Diana was still mine. But when we were 20, Diana found her man at a Christmas ball in Boston. All vows of love melted into the abyss of childhood memory, and she was grown up and wed in less than a year. The years between Diana's marriage and falling in love with Paul were desperately lonely. I tried my best with church socials and ladies' aid, Sometimes I even caroused with the fishermen and dock workers at the local pub. But as St. Bridget said, anyone without a soul friend is like a body without a head. September is such a lovely time for a wedding. I don't mind having to travel back here in a few months' time. Thank you for being so gracious about my nuptial plans, Diana. If I had to walk to see you get married, I would. All 200-some miles. I'm glad you didn't end up an old maid, Nora. You deserve to be loved. I mean it. I know, my sweet friend. She squeezes my hand. I live for these rare, precious moments of connection with her. Not mother, not wife, but Diana, 
My soul needs to be seen and loved. I fear I would evaporate without it. Losing my Anamkara would threaten my very existence. In that moment, on that early day in May, I had two soul loves. It should have felt embarrassingly abundant, but it felt earned. I'd suffered enough periods of isolation and loneliness. I wasn't going to be my father. Where will you live after the wedding? Surely Paul will switch to a vocation on land with his bachelor days behind him. How many children does he want? There's... I think the ship will take some time to turn around, so to speak. Truth was, I wasn't sure what would come first. Dad's retirement or his death. Either way, I couldn't leave the lighthouse until one of those events occurred. Without my help, Lampy would surely put the sailors' lives in danger, and then... Paul understood that. We had an agreement. Dad was to be taken care of until it was resolved. Then we could move on. As for children, Diana, we haven't discussed it. I'm surprised, considering what you two get up to. We're careful, Diana. If I wasn't already acquainted with Paul, I would swear he was born from your imagination. A man like that could never exist. To revere and please a woman like a goddess? That's bordering on blasphemy. What kind of God-fearing man would do such a thing? I resisted the urge to explain Paul's religion, which was of his own personal design. We were all raised in the church, but Paul found Catholicism wanting. I go to church because I want to do right by you, Nora. But God's majesty isn't found in the signs of the cross. I practice our religion by engaging with the beauty he created, taking in the magnificent colors of the sunrises, caressing exquisite curves of your legs. We must worship God's creations, and you are one of the finest among them. He manages, Diana. Looking back, perhaps Paul was wrong about religion. Maybe it was blasphemy. Maybe that's why we were punished. But he did believe in God. I'm... I'm uncertain as to what God wants for me. Where his mercy lies. Paul treated my body like a prayer. It would shake in ecstasy as if my fingertips were brushing the tips of heaven. I felt so close to God in Paul's bed, as if he were attuning me to the divine, ready to present me to the Almighty, thanking him for placing us together. So why are we apart? <laughs>